What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rookie Ball, the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports, or if you just want to hear my opinion on them. I, of course, am always your host, Phoenix Hygis, and ladies and gentlemen, today we are going to get into something I didn't think we'd ever talk about on this podcast. I'm talking about fantasy football. So without further ado, everybody, let's get it. So yes, as I said, we are going to be talking about fantasy football today. Now when I said I didn't think we'd be talking about this ever, it's not because I don't care about fantasy football. I indeed am in a fantasy football league this season and many years past, but I always saw this as a sports debate, opinionated, news kind of podcast. But with the NFL season very slowly rolling towards the start of the season, you know, we have some time to talk about other things, and we've kind of explored the majority of the news and discussions in the NFL and in the NBA leading up to the season uh, for the NBA and leading up to the playoffs for the MLB, which of course we'll talk about when that comes by. But for right now, as I've mentioned many times before, this is an NFL first podcast, so that's where we will be. So talking about fantasy football, not only are we going to be talking about my opinions on it in general, but we're going to be talking about this upcoming season's fantasy football league slash season whatever you want to call it where I think some value is etc so without further ado let's get right into it let's start off with fantasy football and my opinions on it if you don't know anything about fantasy football basically how it works is you get a group of friends maybe you play with some random people you play online however you'd like to do it you get together and you draft or however you like to do it you draft a team of NFL players kind of in a fantasy sort of fantasy draft sort of way that you do in a video game or something where everybody gets put into a pool every NFL player and you pick in a draft order between them and then throughout the season based off their performance on the real field will give points to your team and you're trying to accumulate the most points from your players to eventually win your entire season against your league. So that's kind of the overall Cliff Notes basis of how fantasy football works. My opinions on it, I have played fantasy football for many years, but this is the first time that I have played in what we call is a paid league, or you know, most of you will probably know what that is if you're listening in and are a fantasy football player. But basically, this is my first year that I am in a league with people that I know and we are putting down money, kind of betting, uh, and the winner of the league will receive the money. For the previous years, I've kind of just played on apps and on websites against random people that I don't know. And now finally, I'm getting into the everyone is fully trying, fully in, putting money down, betting on themselves to win this year. So it's more of a competitive nature than I'm used to playing fantasy football. And it's really exciting, especially doing it with people you know, with friends, with people that you've had conversations with, and you know that they love football and they love fantasy football. So it's kind of a bit of a more exciting atmosphere for me this year. Not to say playing fantasy football is exciting and no matter what nature you do it, if you don't do it currently and it sounds like a fun idea to you, I really advise you give it a try. Um, but 
let's just talk about my opinions on fantasy football and my experience so far with what is this paid league. The difference between playing in a paid league or a league with people you know is the organization of it. In previous years, I've had players in the league, you know, kind of trail off, maybe not keep as much attention or don't even show up to the draft at all or kind of mess around with the draft. But with a paid league, the organization within the league is a lot more I mean organized but also fun and the fact is there's 10 teams in this league and everyone is putting their full effort as I said because there is money down because there is pride on the line uh, in terms of their knowledge of football and so it's really fun to see a league for the first time since I've started playing fantasy football and I'm sure many many people have gotten to experience and the idea of Everyone is just in constant communication with each other. The trash talk is great. The, the vibes of just going in, like right now we're currently deciding our draft order based off picking preseason games and just the energy, you know, it actually gets you involved in watching these preseason games and it gets you excited for football again, which kind of inspired me to make this episode. Now, I will try not to show any bias here, as there are cons to fantasy football. It is a bit of an addiction and obsession with some people to, to an extreme limit. You will see some people dedicate almost their entire year or lives in that year to fantasy football. I don't believe I am to that level in any way, but there are definitely some people that are. For those people, that's kind of a gambler's addiction level almost. And I don't know if there's any, you know, public or sourced help for it in any way. But fantasy football, for anyone who knows somebody who does it almost religiously, will even tell you it, it just becomes annoying at a point to how much they obsess over them rooting for other men through a TV screen. And sure, it seems silly when you put it like that, but it, it, you know, if you do it in the right way, if you do it with friends and have that camaraderie, it is really a fun experience. So it's not to say that fantasy football is this perfect world where everyone should try it because it's so much fun. There are limits and levels to how seriously fantasy football should be taken, as it is literally in the name that this is fantasy. This is to the level of someone reading a book about unicorns or something like that and you know some people might get offended by that statement but it's just the fact of both of those words are associated with fantasy this is a made-up world or made-up game that you have all created and picked and drafted and then it relates to people in in real life playing this real in the world game but remember that the word fantasy is in it, and it is a game just like football, you know, even though the people get really competitive in the NFL, it is just a game at the end of the day, and you are allowed to be upset, just as you're allowed to be upset if you lose a fantasy football matchup or a championship or anything, but you shouldn't let it truly control you emotionally. And that's just, uh, that's I guess that's a statement for most things related to sports. 
But let's talk about fantasy football this season. Enough about my emotional feelings about fantasy football. Let's talk about how rookie ball here, because I have played fantasy football for many seasons. I'm going to help you, whether you're a new player, a veteran, whatever you like to call yourself, an expert, a rookie. I am personally going to help you try to win your fantasy championship this year. Now, let me just say this. As I've stated, I haven't played in, in extremely competitive leagues in my past, but I do draft a little weirdly. My mindset is a little different from a normal average fantasy football player, and I'm just going to say I've never not won my fantasy football league. I've been playing for five years. I've played about six leagues. Never lost. Now, this year's looking a little shaky just because I'm in a much more competitive league with people who are fully trying. But I let, I, you know, I, I think I have a good enough track record to apply myself for this position of helping people out with their teams. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about first where I believe the best position to draft is this year. Obviously, it can change within year to year. The value of players at different picks change. But here's what I'm going to tell you right off the bat. Don't get a top three pick. Unless, unless, you know, there was a situation like last year where, you know, and it didn't work out for everyone. You have a player like Derrick Henry and Cooper Cup that are going to land in that two to three spot. Sure, absolutely. This year, personally for me, just don't land in those top three picks. If you have a possibility in terms of like uh, you know determining draft order in your league or anything try to stay away from that area whether it's you get to pick or whoever you know does well at this determination gets the first pick stay away from the top three picks of this draft I think the pure value of this year's NFL fantasy football draft is between the fourth and eighth pick of the draft. I am all for the people who want the strategy of having the ninth and tenth pick so they can have back-to-back -back picks from the first to second round and etc. I'm totally for that and I understand it. But I just believe that once you get to that 9 to 10 range of players, the value drops off heavily. And you're, even though you are going to have the best, you know, average of consistency in your team in terms of talent, I do believe it is going to hurt you in the long run not having a star player in the league. But people can get lucky. We saw Austin Eckler was an end of first round pick last season and I had him and he ended up being an absolute league winner, which he was for me. So, you know, I'm all for the 9-10, but I believe the value is right in the heart of the center in the draft, four to eight. If you want me to be more specific, get that six to eighth pick. And here's why I'm going to tell you to do that. I'm looking at some of the players that are going in that 6-8 to eight range, and let's even further it to that 4-8 to eight range. You have players like Tyree Kill are going in that 4-8 to eight range. You have players like Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. If you are a running back first round person, which I'm not personally always, you have Nick Chubb, you have Derrick Henry, you might possibly have Austin Eckler, and you will definitely have players like Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs available at that spot. But none of those players that I just named are why I think the 6-8 to eight or the 4-8 to eight for a wider range is the best spot. 
Here is why I think it is. There is a man named Travis Kelsey at those spots. And hear me out. I, as, as a fan of football, because I am a Bengals fan, hate Travis Kelsey. He, he annoys me. And that's because I'm a Bengals fan. And I completely understand that, that I have bias there. But the man is talented. He is the best tight end in the league by literal light years. And not only is he really good, but the Chiefs have once again lowered, lowered their amount of weapons in terms of talent on their team in the wide receiver area, which leaves even more targets to be had for Travis Kelsey. The only personal downside or possible downside to drafting Travis Kelsey this season is the possibility of him getting injured. There is no, no worry of production, of talent, of receptions, of yards, of touchdowns in the Travis Kelsey pick. The only thing that could make him a bad pick is him getting injured. And really, that has not happened much in his career, maybe a couple of times. And he's had a decently long career at this point with the Chiefs. Now, there are other players that you can pick in this range. If you miss out on Travis Kelsey, which let me make it clear, there is no bigger positional advantage in the NFL fantasy football world than getting Travis Kelsey a tight end. Sure, some of these tight ends could blow up. They could produce like crazy. Kyle Pitts could finally have the year we've been praying for all these years. Darren Waller could have a Travis Kelsey type role on the Giants this season. But there is no bigger drop off from one to the rest of the field than there is at Travis Kelsey in tight ends. So if you get the chance to draft him, you draft him. Nine times out of ten, the team that has Travis Kelsey in on their team has won the championship in my experience playing it. And you know why? Because I've had him on my team like four of the five times that I have played fantasy football and I did win one without him but you know you can't preface too much having Travis Kelsey on your team creates an entire different game for you but there are players as I did name previously that can also help you win your league but moving on so if you want in my opinion, to win your league, draft between the 4 to 8 or more specifically the 6 to 8 range. But let's talk about the specific players that I believe in terms of value and production are going to win you your league, going position by position. Let's talk about the quarterback. The quarterback obviously gets the most points out of anybody in a season. It, in my opinion, is way more important than most people will represent it and perceive it in fantasy football, you know, analogs and, and videos and podcasts, etc. I believe it is extremely more important than the way it is represented. Here is obviously the top seven, you know, or, or let's go with just top three guys that you should be looking at in your draft. You should be looking at Josh Allen, you should be looking at Patrick Mahomes, and you should be looking at Jalen Hurts. That's just kind of how it goes. They're really good rushing quarterbacks, they get a lot of touchdowns, and they're on winning teams, and they don't throw too many picks. Josh Allen, a little questionable in that area, but Mahomes and Jalen were very good with not throwing picks. Now, obviously, there are other good choices this year in fantasy football. 
Joe Burrow looks like he is going to play in every game this season, or is at least slated to. You know, don't go ahead and knock on wood, everybody, with me saying that. Joe Burrow has been a fantastic fantasy quarterback every full season that he has played. Outside of that, Trevor Lawrence is looking to bring another step back, so if you are going to get a quarterback in the later rounds, not get one of the top three quarterbacks, I think Trevor Lawrence is a fantastic pick and really will not be that much lower than a player like Allen or Mahomes or Hurts. But if you are looking for players that will be slightly less, but it will help you to take them later by bolstering all your other positions, which are extremely important, there are players like Daniel Jones, or if he stays healthy, both of these guys, Tua or Kyler Murray. We know that all three of these players have had extremely good fantasy spans or, or weeks or seasons in Kyler Murray's sense or Daniel Jones last year as well we know that these guys can produce and two of them just need to stay healthy to really do it that's why I have them really at a value spot if you're really looking looking to take a quarterback that is going to have a lot of upside but a lot of potential downside those are kind of the guys you want to go for if you're looking for reliability and consistency Look in those top five guys that I named, the Mahomes, the Burrows, the Allens, the Hurts, the Lawrences, the guys that outside of Burrow haven't had too much injury history, maybe Hurts a little bit, but also don't throw too many interceptions, throw some touchdowns, and are some of the best players in the entire NFL if we're being real with ourselves. And then we come to what a lot of people perceive is the most important position in fantasy football, which is the running backs. Personally, not my opinion. I believe you should look at the wide receivers in your league, but there are many to come by in the wide receiver area, which is why some people will argue that it is the running backs. And I don't have any disagreements with that statement of the argument. That is why I want to talk about why you should not be picking the number one ranked running back right now, which for many years, and including this year, is Christian McCaffrey. Listen, I hear you out. I hear that Christian McCaffrey is, I mean, he's elite. And when he's healthy, he is most likely the most talented running back or one of the most talented players in the entire NFL. Here's why I don't think you pick him. The first being the obvious, health has always been a question for Christian McCaffrey. He was healthy all of last season, but, you know, we saw his production go down a little bit in the 49ers offense, which brings me to my second point. There is a lot to share in the 49ers offense. Not only is Elijah Mitchell still there, they still have one of the best tight ends in the entire NFL in George Kittle, and they have three pretty good wide receivers. Debo Samuel is obviously going to get a lot of production as he has in past years. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is, you know, still one of the best wide receiver twos, in my opinion, in the entire NFL. And now they have Juan Jennings at wide receiver three, who looks to be a top five wide receiver three in the entire NFL. There is a lot to go around in the 49ers quarterback or sorry, in their weapons, but that brings me to my final point as I said it accidentally. We know that Brock Purdy is most likely going to be the quarterback at least for week one for the 49ers, but the question is, is he going to be the Brock Purdy we saw last year? 
If not, can a person like Sam Darnold or possibly who they have listed as their quarterback three, which don't even get me started on this discussion, is Trey Lance. Can either of those two guys step up and be the people that we thought they were when they got drafted? I don't really know. I cannot perceive that in any way because just the reality of it is no one is going to know until we see Brock Purdy play in week one and if he doesn't work until we see either of the other two play in the future weeks. So there's just too much uncertainty going around and that is kind of my mindset always going into a fantasy football draft. Who feels uncertain, whether that has to do with injury history, whether that has to do with the team that they are playing on and the other players that need to share the load with them on the team. That is why there are also players specifically like Brees Hall on this running back list that I'm not taking because now with the Dalvin Cook signing, not only does he have a very split backfield, but he also has a decently pass heavy quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And they have wide receivers galore now, you know, especially with Alan Lazard and Garrett Wilson. Like, this team is going to pass a lot, and if they do run, it is going to be completely split. He is only going to get 50% of his projected carries now with Dalvin Cook coming to the Jets. So, with that all being said, here are the players you do need to target at the running back position. Uh, the first one, in terms of value to me, look at Alvin Kamara. And I know a lot of people are screaming right now when I said that. But hear me out. There is a decently high chance that Alvin Kamara will not play the four, first four games of the entire season. He is going in the seventh or eighth round of your draft. And let me remind you, Alvin Kamara is a top five or possibly top seven if you want to question it a little bit running back in the entire NFL. And a lot of people may disagree with that, but I think he is. And here's why I think you should draft him. There is not too much to go around on the Saints offense. We don't know what Michael Thomas is going to be this year. Chris Olave is only coming into his sophomore season and Derek Carr is now the quarterback. So yes, there will be a little more passing on this team this season than there was last but Alvin Kamara is still, in my opinion, the vocal point, the center point of the Saints offense. Jamison Williams is there, and he is a second RB on this team. But Jamison Williams, we saw, really got the workload at the goal line. And I believe Kamara works really well in space and will limit the amount of opportunities that Williams gets at the goal line by getting touchdowns right outside of the goal line, getting it before they're in the red zone, etc. I think Kamara has always been really good at doing that as he is a heavy passing game running back. So I think a lot of the pass running back options are going to go to Kamara. And let's be real, those are the best running backs. The players like Eckler, the players like Saquon Barkley that aren't just full on heavy workload running backs are usually the ones that win you your league. Unless you are talking about Derrick Henry, nobody else on that list of full just workload workhorse running backs really actually win you your league. So for value, Alvin Kamara is the guy. But let me just list some of the names. I don't have to give too much reasoning on players that you should be looking at kind of each round. 
Eckler and Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry should be the three guys you're looking at if you're looking to draft a running back in the first round. There are other names in there, but those are the three guys that if you are going to be in a running back heavy team, those are the guys to look at. Once you get into the second round, I can't believe some of these guys fall there. You have Saquon Barkley and you have Josh Jacobs. That's the only list you need to know because if you don't get one of those three guys in the first round, those two guys will be available in either the second or third round in almost 100% of drafts or mock drafts that I have done so far. Those guys will be available. You get those two, boom, easy. Those are your running backs. Most leagues play with two running backs. If you don't, then you might run into some trouble there, but there you go. Then you move into the mid-round quarter, or sorry, running backs. A player like Alvin Kamara, as I spoke of earlier. You have Joe Mixon, who I personally believe is going to have a good season this year. The Bengals have already said that they are going to try to implement a lot more run this season than they did last year. And a player like Kenneth Walker III will also be available in that 5-6-7 to six to seven round range. That is kind of the only running backs you need to know. Past that, you are going to get either very end of the mill starting running backs, or you're going to you're getting a RB2 or a backup, etc. Whatever you want to call it. Past that, those are kind of the guys that you're going to get. I also put Tony Pollard on my list just because I still believe the Cowboys, even though they were a running back heavy team last year, that was because they had an amazing duo, in my personal opinion, with Zeke and Pollard, even though Pollard was absolutely the star last season. I believe the Cowboys are going to go a lot more pass heavy this season. So there is very minor uncertainty around Tony Pollard, which is why I put him on the outskirts, the honorable mentions, of my list just because with him there is really no uncertainty he hasn't had any injury history he hasn't had any bad play history and he is now officially and like full workload the rb1 on the cowboys the only doubt i have is how the cowboys playbook will look this season so for my list that's kind of how it's gonna go then we move on to the tight ends because, as I said, I personally believe the wide receivers are the most important, so I'm leaving it for last. With the tight ends, I've already spoken a little bit. If you do not get Travis Kelsey, you are done. You are cooked in the league. Absolutely. That is the tight end that you need to have. If someone picks him before you or if you're really not feeling like going Travis Kelsey in the first round, there are other guys. I personally believe that if you cannot get Travis Kelsey, that Darren Waller has a chance to be in maybe the only tight end to have this opportunity in a very long time to have a Travis Kelsey level performance in terms of real life and fantasy. Why? Because the Giants have already said that Daniel Jones cannot stop throwing to Darren Waller. They said he is his favorite target by a landslide, and why not? Just like the Chiefs, the Giants really don't have any star wide receivers, but they have a pretty decent tight end, and Darren Waller I'm not comparing to Travis Kelsey talent-wise at all. But if you give enough production, kind of like how the Lakers always said in the 80s, just kind of shoot it. More shots is better than, you know, just sitting there and getting quality shots. Just shoot more. 
That is why I'm saying if you cannot get Kelsey, if it is your last-ditch effort and you're just really not feeling it, get Darren Waller. If you can't, there are other options. Kind of in the more mid-early rounds, you can get a player like Dalton Schutz or George Kittle or someone like that who I believe will have production this season, just not to the level of a Waller or a Kelsey. But if you're looking for someone in the really late rounds, if you're looking for just a guy to put up five to six points for your team each week, look for Zach Ertz, who is shocking to me going so late in these drafts, and Irv Smith Jr. Let's look at the history of Bengals tight ends over the last couple of seasons. So Bengals tight ends were really bad for a decent amount of time, mostly because Tyler Eifert could not stay healthy. Then in their first year uh, with a full, fully healthy Burrow, you get CJ Uzama, who has his career year by far. He then leaves the team to go to the Jets, and he's horrendous for a decent contract, too. He is absolutely nothing on that team, not even the tight end one. So they bring in last year Hayden Hurst, the Bengals do, and he's spectacular. He has a career year, gets a huge contract with the Panthers. We'll see how that plays out for him. The track, track record with Joe Burrow fully healthy on this Bengals team for tight ends is spectacular. We are seeing tight ends that are not like workload in any way tight ends, are not first receiver look tight ends, have amazing receiving seasons. Irv Smith seems kind of like that player like they've had the last couple of years. A player that hasn't had too many opportunities on the team that they're on, has moved on, is looking to go to a team where they will have a starting spot, and my prediction is he is going to play very well. He is going to be, in my opinion, on a Hayden Hurst level, on a two seasons ago CJ Uzama level, a player that is just going to put up decent, consistent points for you, get a touchdown, you know, almost every other game, and when they're not, they'll get two or three receptions, because realistically, if you're not in the Waller and Kelsey range, those are kind of the tight ends you're going for. I personally kept Mark Andrews off of this list. I know a lot of people will argue for him, but it's just because I do expect Lamar to stay decently healthy this season. I know that's a long shot with the past history, but I do believe the Ravens are going to be a much more run-heavy team than they have been the last couple seasons, which is saying something because they have been a very run-heavy team the last couple of years. But I believe that they'll be even more with Lamar fully healthy for a full season for what I believe, so that's why I keep Mark Andrews off the list. Other than that, there are only two positions, quote-unquote, uh, that we need to talk about. The first one being defense. Really, realistically, with defense, no defense is going to get picked until the last two rounds of the draft, and here are kind of the defenses you need to look for. The, the first one you need to look for is the Cowboys. The Cowboys get a lot of turnovers, and realistically, that is how you are going to get points on the defense. Sure, not letting a lot of points, you know, like a team like the 49ers or the Jets that really keep teams to low point totals, they will be very good. But if the Cowboys get the turnovers and find a way to really keep opponents to lower point totals, they will actually be able to provide winning weeks for you, like performances that will win the matchup for you. 
if you are not getting those top three guys, the 49ers, Cowboys, and Jets, you are really not missing out. Just don't get a horrendous defense. Don't go out there and say, okay, I'm going to get... Uh, I, I, I couldn't even tell you. Don't go out there and get the Colts, I guess. And the Colts even have a pretty decent defense. But don't go out and get a team that is going to give up a lot of points. Basically, the rule of defense is get a team that wins. So if you don't get those top three guys, look at a team like the Eagles. Look at a team like the Ravens or the Bengals. Or hell, if you even want to be a little bit risky, go look at the Steelers or the Browns. There are defenses out there that are going to be very good. But realistically, when you're looking at defense, just go for the winning teams. And if you have a chance to grab one of those top three defenses, absolutely. Go ahead and do it if you have one of the first picks in the last two rounds of the draft. Finally, we have kickers. I, there's really not much discussion. This is probably the second biggest positional advantage. Just get Justin Tucker. If you can't get Justin Tucker, get Evan McPherson. If you can't get Evan McPherson, good luck. Uh, you're just going to get any of the other guys. And sure, they might only get a little less points than Tucker and McPherson. But a few points can really make the difference in a really competitive league. So, in my opinion, if, if you really want to win your league, you know, if you really, you know, that last two rounds, if you need to get Tucker McPherson, which it's not a necessity to me, but I do think it is, you know, decently big to get the best kicker in the NFL possibly ever in Justin Tucker. And if you can't get him, I'm a big believer in Evan McPherson. I still believe he's the second best kicker in the NFL. You know, he really didn't miss much last season and he's got a hell of a leg. But let's talk about the wide receivers, last but not least, obviously, last and actually the least, the, the non-leastest. Uh, I'm just making up words at this point. But let's talk about just the overall. If you're going to get a wide receiver in the first round, which personally for me, unless there are really none of first round caliber talent left, you should be doing outside of getting Travis Kelsey, there are four to five players that are going to go in the first round. Justin Jefferson's going to go in the first round. He is most likely going to be a first or second overall pick in every single draft. You also have Tyreek Hill, who I talked about, will be in that four to six range for you to grab. There's going to be Jamar Chase. He's going to get grabbed somewhere between that three and five range. And then past that, you have Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs. I've seen both of those guys go in the second rounds in draft I've done. If you have a chance to grab one of those two players, Stefan Diggs or Devontae Adams, in the mid or end of second round, that is very unlikely. But if you do get that opportunity, get them. If they are on the board and you have a fourth or higher pick in the second round, get them. Instant. Like, it shouldn't even be a question. Unless Justin Jefferson or Austin Eckler is there, which they will not be, get them. That is a necessity. So in those first couple rounds, those are the players you're going to be looking at. Past that, here are some of the names you're going to see. You're going to see DK Metcalf, you're going to see Amon Ross St. Brown, you're going to see T. Higgins, and you're going to see Debo Samuel. That's going to be the three to four, maybe, very, very maybe, fifth, early fifth round kind of picks. 
those guys are all great. I love DK Metcalf in almost every mock draft I've taken him. I really should experiment with not taking him, but he's kind of always there at extremely good value. And so is his wide receiver too in Tyler Lockett, who let me remind you, has consistently been a top 30 wide receiver in fantasy football for a long time, which is extremely good reliability, which I said is one of my biggest points to have on my team. But he's going to be available in the way later rounds. Let's talk about who I believe in in an area of this fantasy football draft. This is the prime. This is where you literally win or lose your fantasy football league is the 6th to 7th round wide receivers. There are so many wide receivers that I believe could end up in the top 10 range of fantasy football wide receivers or even position overall that are going in this area. The first one is my best value of the entire draft, DJ Moore. Let's talk about the Chicago Bear running back situation. There's questions around if the running backs are really going to be in rotation on this team. Justin Fields is expected to have a really good season this year. And if he finds a way to pass the ball, which he's been complaining and the Bears fans have been complaining about how he doesn't have a true wide receiver one, he finally does. DJ Moore is the wide receiver one on this team and he is good. I love DJ Moore. I've had him multiple times in my fantasy football leagues, and I really like him. And now he's on the Bears and a wide receiver one in a really good position with a quarterback that everyone around me is saying is going to have a big season on a team that really has a chance to do well this season if everybody can work out, if all the puzzle pieces really get together here. He is my best value because, I mean, this man is going in the eighth round sometimes for me. Like, this is the man to grab in the draft. Outside of that, there are players like Calvin Ridley, who, let me remind you, is the wide receiver one on the Jacksonville Jaguars team, which is a pass-heavy team and has really good wide receivers and has a good running back and has an elite quarterback. Below that, you have Mike Evans, who, even though I know Tom Brady is not the quarterback of the Buccaneers, I am seeing Mike Evans go in the 8th and ninth round of some of these drafts, and he is still the wide receiver one and very elite. This man still will most likely get very close to a thousand yard season, and this man is getting picked around the same time as George Pickens. And, and I love George Pickens, like, he is good, and he's gonna have a great season, but I would never put George Pickens in the same tier as Mike Evans. Outside of that, kind of the players that you are going to get towards the end of your draft in terms of this positional area, because I think once you get to the last three rounds, you should start looking to the defenses, the kickers, maybe a backup quarterback. These are kind of the players you're going to find. You're going to find Tyler Lockett in the late rounds, the very early late rounds. You should grab him if you don't have DK Metcalf. And then you have two players that I believe you should be looking at, and everyone is saying, don't look at them. Do not pick them. The first one being Terry McLaurin. I understand Terry McLaurin has been cursed by bad quarterbacks his entire career, but let's not forget that this man is still a 1,000-yard caliber wide receiver. And if Sam Howe is what the commanders believe he could be, 
in a conference in the NFC that I believe is at its weakest, this man could really have a spectacular season. I know he has to play tough defenses in the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles two times a year each, but he's still an elite wide receiver. The second person being Juju Smith-Schuster. I, as a fan of the NFL, hate Juju Smith-Schuster. He is annoying to me. I do not like his personality, but he has a chance to break out. And I know we said the same with him with the Chiefs last year. And let's be honest, he didn't have that bad of a season. But with the Chiefs, we knew that Travis Kelsey was going to always be the first option. And we knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to toss to him. With the Patriots, we know they are a running back heavy team. And they are going to run the ball like crazy this season. But you gotta pass it eventually. And let's be honest, the past couple seasons, the Patriots have not had good receivers. They finally have a receiver that I believe does have some talent and has obviously showed it in his career. Even though I don't like him, Juju Smith-Schuster, we have seen spurts of him being an elite wide receiver. That is why, if you are looking for the last couple of picks, because really, if we're being realistic, the last couple of picks of running backs and wide receivers should either be a backup to a player that you already have or should be a player that you are just throwing a stone in the lake and hoping it makes a huge splash. I'm talking about the guys that have just huge upside or could absolutely do nothing. And realistically, Juju Smith-Schuster is that guy, is literally the definition that I just stated in this draft. So that is my predict. That is my advice to all of you. If you're really looking to win your league, go through this episode again. Listen to the players that I have stated are very important for you to look at when you are doing your draft. So I wish you guys all the best of luck on your draft. And I will let you guys know. I'll kind of keep you updated with how mine goes as well. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. That is unfortunately all the time we have for today. But I will see you guys next Friday. And I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here.